Hello, welcome to episode 103 of Kaiju Curry House. Tonight, we're going to learn how to kill monsters with Stuart, the director, and Lindsay, the, meet, the lead actress. But before we go any further, I'm going to introduce my regular co-hosts, Paul and Connor, and we're going to ask everyone, what have Kaiju been up to? Folks, how are we all doing tonight? Good, thank you, Joe. I'm That's right. awesome. Connor, are you doing okay there? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Stuart, Lindsay, thanks for being with us tonight. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you for having us. us. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to get more fun because we're about to ask everybody's favorite dad pun on this podcast. What have Kaiju been up to? I won't pick on you first because you're the host. But Connor, <laughs> what have Kaiju been up to? Well, uh, Joe, unfortunately, um, you've made me buy more books, unfortunately. Um, I have that yep. bad effect on people. Via your recommendation, I have been reading The Meg, or GEM, as my webcam says. Um, and uh, surprise, surprise, it's actually better than the movie. Who'd have thunk it? But uh, no, um, unlike the last few books I've actually bought, um, I actually finished this one, right? So there's that. And... I really did enjoy it, and uh, and uh, from what I've been told, I've actually been reading the wrong version of the Meg as well, because um, uh, Steve Alton, uh, the author of the book, apparently did a George Lucas, where basically he did a special edition uh, version of the book where he completely changed the ending of it. So um, am I going to pick up the original Meg? Probably not, but um, which um, I ended up buying the sequel to the Meg. <laughs> The Trench, thanks, Joe. And I also bought the prequel to the Meg. <laughs> yeah, so I've got a lot of reading on my hands, so yeah. The um, Trench is the trench is my favorite one because large, dangerous, scaly things inhabit the Trench. And the Meg is not at the top of the food chain. Whoa. Oh, thanks for spoiling it. But, um... <laughs> it tells you on the back of the cover, dude. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's like, um, I like to be surprised, Joe. You know, it's, oh, God. It's like uh, when the last Harry Potter book came out and, uh, you know, like young Connor just read the last page. Oh, he lives. Never mind. Um, anyways, um, I'm going to ask uh, Paul now. Uh, Paul, what have Kaiju been up to? Uh, I've also been reading and, and that's about it. So I read The Relic. Ooh. Finally, yes. Paul! Finally. Did you love it? Yeah, I was, I was so confused. Not confused, but after just knowing the film to then read in the book where there's new characters in like, the same story, it was very strange. But I really like Pendergast and I don't know why He's he wasn't the in the character. film. <laughs> so for those, all right, Stuart Lizzie, if you haven't read The Relic, you may have seen the movie, but uh, basically it's like they wrote Sherlock Holmes with a monster, but in the movie, they didn't include Sherlock. <laughs> And if you read the relic, it suddenly becomes very apparent that the people that were making the movie did not respect the source material, did they, Paul? It's that they they just I don't know, they gutted what, that book. They were just the, yeah, that's it. They were just looking for shortcuts and thought, well, actually, let's just get rid of this whole character. We'll have one police officer, and that's it. Let's get rid of the main so, character. Let's word it that but, way. But that's it. The whole there's a whole book series about this FBI agent, and so you'd think with Hollywood they would want to do that so they could be sequels. I mean, they, they didn't go down that route. I mean, in the Meg as well, they practically did that, except they pretty much got rid of every single character 
from that book. Apart from Jason Statham's character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the in the relic, the Mubwan, it looks different than they portray it in the movie as well. And it acts quite differently, doesn't it, Paul? Yeah. And it's I like the, the, the thing that was most eerie is it was intelligent. Very intelligent. Yeah. And yeah. I liked how they they didn't reveal it till actually the prologue is when you find out what the reveal about what the creature is. Whereas in the film, yeah. it's kind of fed throughout. So it was, yeah, it was, well, it's obviously a lot longer to read than watch the film, but I did enjoy the book, I think more than the film. Yeah. So that was the first book that gave me the heebie-jeebies. Because <laughs> if you remember, like, when Margot's in the superstition exhibit, which I would presume is a pretty creepy exhibit to be in the dark yeah. room anyways, um, it's just like, Again, I think I've described on the podcast before, like when you're in your basement and you haven't flipped on the light and like there are silhouettes that you can see against the darkness and she sees a silhouette like slowly shuffling towards her. And I was just like, oh, I don't like that vibe. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> of course I was reading it like downstairs alone with like a small lamp like across the room. And I'm just like, where did everybody go? <laughs> but yeah, great book. Great book, Paul. Glad you yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, thanks for making, not making me, but for, we had the whole debate over which was better, and now I can say that the book is better. <laughs> it remains. It remains. But I still enjoy the film. It didn't didn't take away from the film. It just added a different perspective for it. I still this think it's a good like fun film. People say when they've not read Jurassic Park and then they read Jurassic Park. Yeah. It's one of those, it's like, oh, they regained control of the park in the book? <laughs> huh. Huh. The, the best Wait, part though is when John Hammond rolls like, down the hill and gets eaten by yeah, so Hammond gets eaten yeah. <laughs> You know what, what really made me angry? You know what really made me angry? Muldoon. Yeah. Yeah. So like you watch the movie and you're like, I mean, even as a child, like I saw it when it came out in theaters, and even like the tender young age of like seven or eight, I'm I'm just thinking in the back of my head, like, that's the one guy who knew how they operated. Yes. <laughs> the one guy who had any sense. The one guy who was the actual hunter. The one guy who was armed and knew how to use a firearm. And he didn't even hit one. Clever girl. <laughs> of course, in the book, he's like singing, dancing, pardon my French children, badass. And like he's taken down raptors, he tranks the T-Rex, he rescues the kids, he lives. I mean, there's a pretty entertaining bit where he gets stuck in a pipe and the raptors are trying to get him out of the pipe. And he's just like on the radio with Malcolm, like, I'm very popular right now. Like the sarcasm was right on point, but he dies in the movie. And why? Why? Steven Spielberg does not like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Spielberg, like he gives plot, he gives plot armor to families, and Muldoon yeah. apparently was not part of the family. But oh well, Paul, pick on anyway, someone else. Well, Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? All right, so um, I usually get stuck on quests. Uh, I get hyper fixated on either an obscure piece of merchandise, a book, or a film. So we have a guest who is going to be coming on the podcast at a later date and he may have done practical effects for a couple of big films anyways joe 
wanted to make a Dragonheart Draco model kit after, you know, like looking at like all the like props, the maquettes and stuff that, you know, like were in the shop at the time this guy was. And I was looking through like the kits and everything. And I found out that like Dragonheart just did not get any merch. It just didn't. And what merch is available is either, <clears throat> you know, like toys, which weren't opened, or this one model kit. And it looks pretty good. The face isn't quite right, but still it's like the one thing. And I have been, I've been hunting for it on eBay and other sites because to be fair um the dragon's face in that movie it does have some uncanny valley vibes you think about it with the the 90s cgi some what uncanny valley vibes like there's something not right about a dragon's face you know but uh that's what i think at least it's actually pretty cool the way that they did it um they didn't traditionally animate the cgi around the dragon's face and they didn't use mocap for it either because mocap wasn't really a thing in 1996. But what they did create was a computer program which recognized sounds and then modeled lips off of based what it thought this like the lips this versus the sounds the way they should be paired together. So that program animated Draco's lips. There weren't actually animators per se going after that. And that was one of the neatest things I found when I was doing some research because I go on Wikipedia binges late at night and get stuck on stuff, but there we go. Anyways, time to pick on our fantastic guests. Stuart, director of How to Train, or not How to Train, How to, Kill <laughs> how to Train Your Monsters. That could, yeah, that's the, that's that's the, the next one. You yes. get one. And then, yeah. yeah, there we go. It's kind of like the mimic, they keep one. Um, anyways, Stuart, what have Kaiju been up to? I think you've done some monster-related stuff recently. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, outside of making a monster movie, just because you were talking about books, I just read The Terror for the first time. <gasps> Oh. That's an amazing book. So good, right? And like so creepy. Like it is then, creepy. The... I became obsessed with it. So I was like, I need to watch the TV show because I've never seen the TV show. Okay. Is the TV show good? Because I didn't want it to ruin yes, it. Yes, it's good because Jared Harris is in it and he's like amazing in everything. Um but yeah, I the book was so good. TV show really kind of the most abridged version of the book, but the book there's a lot of like Imagination. suffering and dragging because yeah. our, so to preface the terror for listeners uh we have two boats right there are originally three but the two boats get stuck on the ice they're trying to find the northwest passage and they get stuck in basically canadian ice in like the hudson bay or something like that like they're they're going along you know like that northern rim and they've been stuck in the ice for like a year something mm. like that and these guys are just suffering. Morale is low. They're down to like tinned maggots, basically. And there is this thing that has started to come after them. I think I'll leave it at that. But what I was really curious about was there's a lot of character development, almost to the point where it reaches like two towers level of dragging on. And if you don't get it just right, because I think the terror, it builds on these characters really well. And when they die or live or mutiny or whatever, if the show didn't get that right, 
eh, you know yeah it's 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 not as good as the book it was it does like the ending's completely different as well so yeah I'll, no. I'll let you watch it it's worth checking out worth checking out does it live or die that's my that's my question uh i don't want to spoil it you just have to see i uh, see if you can't just tell me then i already know <laughs> <laughs> i i will just say i watched the show first before i discovered the book right and that's a thick book by the way as well yeah, it is. um oh god um but if we're talking about the monster i think the book version of the monster is actually better than the the show but um, yeah yeah i think uh I'll just leave it at that because um, uh, it is a good show. Don't get me wrong. The, the, the um, season one, the terror is pretty good. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> there, it, is it a short, was it um, like a season? Like uh, when, what do you call those? Like when there's like se seven or eight episodes and that's it. Like a contained series, like a one like season. A mini series or something. Like, a mini like series, there you go. 10 yeah. episodes, I think, something like that. And then season two, which I've not seen, is apparently a completely different new original story, but similar themes yeah um season one is the book season two is a basically a i think a ghost story i haven't actually seen season two it's like a a ghost story based on the concentration camps uh that the americans held japanese civilians in so yeah it's a bit that's a bit dark but uh, <laughs> out of curiosity has anybody here seen the river yeah the tv show the river yeah yeah, we loved that. we I'm loved sure that TV like... show, and that got like relentless, like brutally cancelled after like a season, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, I loved yes. that show. It was I so mean, like, good. It had it, it. It was a cliffhanger ending, but the way that it ended, it also worked because it's just like you realize, oh, they're never getting out of there, are they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like that was good. Yeah, I remember that. Like I enjoyed that series. I thought it was a miniseries, mm. and then um, prior to that, like talking about brutally cancelled and topical to this podcast surface not seen here no oh okay well that's a future podcast episode for us <laughs> Lindsay. we have to pick on you now what have kaiju been up to i know i feel like i'm gonna let the side down because i haven't been reading any monster related books we, we <laughs> you haven't known anyone we've enough. seen monster yep. related films that's yeah. fine i never normally read it's just just by <laughs> this chance is, this is my influence <laughs> i i remorselessly you know peer pressure them into reading books this is, this is the, yeah, thing. the book i'm reading doesn't have any monsters in unfortunately <laughs> what are you reading it's called the confession it's really good but it doesn't have any monsters in it unfortunately it sounds Sorry. like it could use <laughs> monsters <laughs> it's a great way to make a book more interesting a monster yeah. it. the wedding planner with a monster with a monster <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like it just it makes everything more fun yeah. So, yeah. So you you mentioned you've been watching movies. What uh, movies, pray tell, have you seen with some monstery stuff? We recently went to Fright Fest, um, so in London. So we saw a lot of horror movies there. Mm. Um, monster movies that were there. Dog Soldiers was on. I know that's not oh, really cool. a monster movie, but kind oh, of. Oh, we talk about we talk yeah. anything that is creature featurey. We're yeah. fans of. Werewolves I, are very much monsters. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, that was, I'm trying to think of the other. Were there any other? I, don't, I think that was like the only monster mm. movie, practical effects heavy movie that was there. There was Wolf Manor was there as Wolf well. Manor, yeah. Was which was like a really fun like uh, indie film that's coming out soon about 
a film shoot, they're shooting a vampire movie, like a Hammer Horror movie at an old manor and a mm. werewolf shows up. <laughs> and it's like, it's the old actor, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing type has to kind of save the day. Uh, it's it's very much in the it's vein. It's kind of like Baba Hotap. Yeah, oh, wow. I was thinking yeah. like Fright Night type of thing yeah. where the the older kind of actor is brought in as like the one person who can save the day, but he's yeah, like really drunk, washed up actor who's on like the six in the series of a vampire movie <laughs> he's making. Um, so it was really funny. It's yeah, worth checking it out. Yeah. That's awesome. You guys were in London. By chance, did you go to Jurassic World, the exhibition? No, we didn't have time. Like no. Fright Fest is, it's like, four solid days of horror movies Non-stop, yeah. Uh, and Lindsay was in another film that was also screening there as well oh awesome what was so. the film yes it's called eating miss campbell um so again not I, a monster what movie. is what is campbell eating i feel like that's <laughs> the crux of the story there yeah so my character is um <laughs> she's a she's a vegan goth cannibal <laughs> yep <laughs> can we dissect that for a second <laughs> so yeah so she's um, is this like Veggie Tales? Is that how she gets by being a vegan goth cannibal, or like? Uh, well, yeah, she's she's basically she's um she's like a proud vegan, um, but she meets her English teacher at school and she falls in love with Miss Campbell, um, but in the in the midst of it all, she develops a taste for human flesh, and um, yeah, it's it's a trauma it's movie, a trauma by movie, the way. Yeah, so there you go. That just explains it. <laughs> interesting yeah. subgenre you chose there yeah it was it was very i mean my curiosity has been peaked I'd yeah like to check it, that out. it was very different it's... to anything i've done before. oh i'm pretty sure it's alone in its category yeah. <laughs> yeah it was really fun actually like um it was like a sold out screening people were laughing can... clapping the whole way yeah. through oh, i can brilliant. imagine hilarious like the jokes in it are absurd mm -hmm. and it like it's absurdist humor like and the way I always describe it is it's like 90s Nickelodeon meets society level horror weird. Um, God, yeah, it's it's a bit like Heather's as Heather's, well. Yeah. It's oh, very, brilliant. very 80s inspired. Yeah. But it's, it's so really was that a feature length film? It's a feature, yeah. 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 So yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, Liam Regan, the director. Um, so yeah, it was good. It was good fun, and as, as Stuart said, it, the audience really enjoyed it. So that was that was great, just to be there in that kind of environment, and and yeah, people seem to really enjoy it. So it's wacky and it's zany, but yeah. <laughs> but we all, but more importantly, we saw Dog Soldiers with Sean Pertwee and Neil Marshall in attendance, and that was pretty cool. Oh, nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know your film was there, but Dog Soldiers, guys, <laughs> come on! <I'm> like... <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Well. Let's get on to the main segment of the podcast, if we will. We're going to talk about your film, which is How to Kill Monsters. Not train them, that's that's the sequel that's, and development, yeah. but How to <laughs> Kill Monsters. So monsters never seem to be cut a break, but in your film, it looks like they deserve it. So we've watched the trailer, which is amazing, all of you listeners out there. Go to the Kickstarter and watch this trailer because it is hilarious. Those of you who are under 15, you might need your parents' permission, especially if you have the volume on. So please seek permission. But if you're over 18 or over 15, I should say, go for it. It's hilarious. It's hot fuzz vibes. It is fourth wall breaking. There's definitely some Evil Dead 2 vibes going on in there as well. So 
break us down. How did this come in development? What was the inspiration behind making the film? Yeah, we did a film called Book of Monsters in 2017, which came out in 2018, which was like a proper throwback to 80s horror because I grew I love monster movies, grew up loving monster movies. Like I remember watching Aliens when I was far too young because my dad just didn't care. He was like, yeah, it's fine to watch. And then I had nightmares about xenomorphs for, for like a good five years after that oh, point. Gosh, yeah. Uh, gremlins scarred. as well. Like I had nightmares about Gremlins, which is a comedy film. Well, I, oh, I, was, no. I was I was saying, so young. I saw Rose. Oh god. Pause. <laughs> the bit with the guy and the syringe and like the gremlin. Yeah, that's it's, it's like the science teacher. Yeah. What? That is like, terrifying. I, I stopped cool. watching that film at that point. I don't remember what age I was, but I was like, that's it. Nope. 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 And of course, um, you hadn't seen them and saw that they were zany. It's just like that's how they set up like these really goofy creatures with that horrific scene. I, I think the most horrific scene is when they put the gremlin in the microwave. Actually, oh, that's <laughs> brilliant. All the blender as well. It's like one yeah. of the <laughs> with its feet spinning around. <laughs> no. I still like nope. I, again other tangent, but like Gremlins is the movie that created like the PG rating as well, like back in the day, because right. Spielberg produced the movie. Uh, exec produced the movie and they were going to give it a an r rating or a 15 rating which would have limited the audience so like he convinced all of the the bbfc and the mpaa to create a new rating called pg-13 or 12 <laughs> so that people they could more people could see the movie and that's like how powerful spielberg is he created a new rate age rating <laughs> so that people could go see gremlins <laughs> That's very impressive. <laughs> I feel like we all need to pause now because you brought up an excellent point. Horror films that traumatized you as a child. So yours was Gremlins. Mine is Ghostbusters, The Terror Dogs. I don't yeah, think I need to say anything mind. more. I was five. I didn't open the fridge for weeks. My mom will <laughs> tell the story. Lindsay, do you have a film that scarred you as a child? Um, I'm trying to think. I, I was like scared of everything as a child, like genuinely scared of everything. Um, I remember so going. You were to fun to torment. Cool. <laughs> I remember going to see The Grudge in the cinema um, when I was younger, and I basically the covers. Oh yeah, when she's under the covers. The yeah, covers well, is the safe zone. That's yeah, not fair. Like, I don't remember any of the film because I just looked at the floor for like the whole film. <laughs> I just never looked at the screen. Like I was just scared of absolutely everything. So, and I still am like scared of everything. Um, so, which is always. You know, graduate into horror films. Horror yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a genuine <laughs> acting right there. You're not yeah. an actor. Connor, what scarred you? Uh, oh, God. Um, see, the, the problem is, is that uh, as a kid, I was never really scared of horror films. I'm not even joking either. Like, um, maybe because my first horror film I saw was The Thing by John Carpenter. <laughs> so it's like you sort of get, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, you sort of just like, oh, okay. And there's blood and guts everywhere, but uh, here you go. Um, this is not a horror film, I suppose. Um, one film that freaked me out was uh, The Black Cauldron. It was a Disney film. It was like from when I was very young. It was an, uh, I think we all know The Black Cauldron. That's, that's yeah. really gory, like the creature effects in it are like scary. It was, I think, what was it? The, uh, the Horn King, I think it's called. Yeah, just his design was kind of like scary to like a five-year-old. But, you know, um, I think that's the name of it. I haven't seen it in years. I'm like, oh, God. But um, 
No, there's not much horror films that scare me, honestly. But uh, yeah, uh, Paul, what uh, creeps you out? Oh, I was such a wimp. Load scared me as a child. I tried to watch Aliens because my parents, I don't know, they they weren't there and I, I stuck it on and I got as far as Ripley just having the dream of their chestburster coming out. And then I was like, nope, nope, can't watch that. Um, my brother made me watch Cat's so Eyes. 20 minutes into the film. Do you remember Cat's Eyes? Have you seen that, Stephen King? Yeah. And there was a story, because it, it follows a cat, and you're seeing different stories for the cat's eyes, like an anthology. And there's one story about this little gremlin-y thing that lived in the walls, and he would come out at night and steal the children's breath. I did not sleep probably for a week after seeing that. <laughs> I was absolutely... My parents, you know, he got a very big telling off for that. Because, um, yeah, I think I was... I think I was about seven. I think it's an 18, but anyway, yeah. And um, didn't see Gremlins, but I did see Critters, which was like the knockoff of, <laughs> and even that scared oh me. Gosh, <laughs> Critters! Now there's I love a Critters. I love Leonardo it now. DiCaprio's like first movie is yes, yes. <laughs> and they Everybody did how many that. now? Was it five five films in a TV series? I think yes, was it. Yeah. There's a TV series. Yeah. yeah. Where? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah there's is a reason there? you've not seen it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. All right. Anyways, that was that's one tangent we've explored. I'm glad we did. That was fantastic. So, anyways, um, you're inspired by 80s horror. You loved horror movies. So how did we how did we land on the concept? Yeah. Because in the trailer, it looks like summoning ritual gone awry. Yeah, well, we I mean this goes back to Book of Monsters, our last film, because we made that and it it kind of ends spoilers ends with like these three girls kind of teaming up to go and take on the monsters with this book which has like how to kill all the monsters in it and we were like oh we'll do like book of monsters too and it's them becoming monster hunters and like going and killing monsters and then the idea got weirder and weirder and we were like this isn't going to work as a sequel anymore it just needs to be like its own movie um so we really love the idea of the sequel to Book of Monsters being that they all got, the joke is that they, they saved the world and then they all get arrested and just thrown in jail at the end. So we were like, okay, the next movie will take place at the police station. So that idea stayed of the final girl type character being arrested at the end of a horror movie covered in blood, holding a chainsaw with like loads of blood on it and being immediately arrested. But thinking as she's being arrested, like that she's being saved and she's, she's it's finally over and she just goes straight into like the sequel to a movie so how to kill monsters is very much like what happens after the horror movie's over with the final girl and like how do things continue on so that was kind of the fun starting point for the movie and then really after that point myself and paul butler who co-wrote the film with me just thought okay what's the most fun thing that can happen in a police station with monsters now and what are the weirdest most fun practical effects monsters that we can have and how are people going to get eaten by them <laughs> and that's really how we come up with all our films is like oh wouldn't there really really be a cool bit where a guy gets just stomped and squeezed like a tube of toothpaste until his head pops off like that's an idea that we have and then that goes in the movie and we somehow come up with the story around that uh that's pretty much how yeah the film came about <laughs> There is a plot, though, just to be clear. That's a joke. You know, honestly, when you were when you were saying that, my mind went to something else. I was just like thinking in the back of my head, those kids at the end of Monster Squad, 
were so <laughs> put in juvie. Yeah, yeah, all of them are. Like, I mean, like, as well, that's like... why there wasn't another Monster Squad. <laughs> all of them. Just like, and then there's like, what was it? There was, there was the one, there was Horace. Horace had a shotgun and he was like 10. <laughs> He's just blacklisted for life, isn't he? <laughs> it's like the so, start of aliens like ripley gets put in a tribunal it's like you destroyed a ship everyone's dead and you're claiming some monster killed everyone okay it's like that would legitimately happen in any of these scenarios so like yeah. that's what we wanted to do with this film <laughs> is there any point in the film where someone goes just like i am so sorry for doubting you <laughs> Does, does anybody get that satisfaction because that never happens <laughs> yeah, like yeah. even in aliens even in aliens nobody says to ripley like yo ellen i i gotta <laughs> i gotta pick fault with my own self here i, I am really sorry we doubted your testimony <laughs> we definitely have that moment in the film we try and poke fun at the whole she's the hero she's the only one who can save the day type of thing um and obviously all the other characters yeah there can only be one um and there's other characters in there who are also trying to be the hero of the movie as well at the same time uh it's not as meta as the the actual movie isn't as meta as the trailer is that was very much for the kickstarter like -hmm. there's no voiceovers coming in and telling me what to do it's very much like a narrative movie but we do kind of nod nod wink wink at the audience quite a lot and because i think the key thing is when you're making like a lower budget film that has practical effects monsters which are people in suits or their puppets you gotta have your tongue in cheek and you gotta you gotta wink at the audience and say i know what we're making here like this is an 80s fun movie we haven't got millions of dollars for effects so let's just like be in on the joke here of like things not looking quite good so like when there is a particularly kind of silly monster the characters are like that was a stupid (laughs) why does that (laughs) exist so they're like one of the monsters in the movie is (laughs) essentially the police um in chief inspector is retiring and they have a giant novelty cake made that is essentially did you put a mimic in a movie (laughs) pretty much no uh, when when everything goes to hell the cake becomes alive with teeth and starts eating all the guests amazing retirement party um so that was really fun and it's just like that in itself is absolutely absurd but as long as the characters in the movie make it feel believable and that's kind of i suppose where you could come in because you had to act with all these rubber monsters and stuff and legitimately seem scared which i think you as you've seen in the trailer like her scream is horrible and terrifying like we were all on set and she like was getting sacrificed and i was like oh my god are you okay (laughs) and she's got like tears in her eyes as if she's actually getting killed so yeah. yeah, I didn't realize I could scream as loud as I did <laughs> until I did it. <laughs> I think, yeah, there was something. I remember we did the first take, and you were like, "Right, okay, yeah, let's just get ready. If you can do the scream, that would be great." And um, the uh, on the it was Hannah on sound. Um, we were like, "Maybe you want to step back a little bit," and she was like, "No, no, it'll be fine." And then I did the scream, and she literally ripped the uh, headphones off her ears because <laughs> the scream was so loud. Um, yeah, I don't know where that came from. Just pure terror from being on set years of repressed emotional trauma (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so the cake i mean like the cake monster like tell me that someone tries to take a bite out of the cake monster right like that happens right but how do we kill it we'll eat it (laughs) just like we have no weapons we We joked we joked about like hey guys how are we gonna do it it's like 
you know, we can't we can't kill it in the normal way. We're gonna to have to eat our way through this. And they all just come out with like knives and forks and start going at it. But uh, that felt like there's a it's a real fine balance making a horror comedy movie. So it must be hard to tread that line. Oh, it's so between, hard yeah. because if you if you make it too wacky, the stakes in the movie immediately like drop. And if you diminish the stakes in a horror comedy movie too much, you you go, well, it doesn't really matter who lives or dies or anything because this is all nonsense. And I think that's why we kind of like, we love like Edgar Wright's like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and stuff like that, where like, they're like a sufficient level of silliness and kind of, yeah, it's finding that balance really. So we didn't have them eat their way out of the cake, uh, but they do kill it in a really fun way. And we tried to do that with all the monsters is that they have a fun each monster's got its own characteristic and they're all like wildly different so you've seen the one in the kickstarter trailers this kind of lovecraftian plant thing yeah um which looks generally terrifying i mean we can see it yeah yeah i love that there's like there's that shot on the um on the kickstarter page where you just like you're seeing the the jaw and the teeth and the take and it's like oh that looks pretty creepy actually that was so fun as well and like the D, all the monsters are made by ddfx studio who are based in coventry and it's just two brothers called paul and mark and they make all the monsters and they brought that on set and like when you look at it it's literally a morph suit with bits of plastic and bubble wrap attached to it <laughs> and like this big helmet and you're like oh that's weird but then they started attaching tentacles to it on fishing wires and then they got this ultra slime out which is the stuff they use on like aliens to make the xenomorphs all shiny they you cover it in that and then you get the lights on the smoke machine out and it's like oh that legitimately is yeah. amazing but like I, I had to, we did some pickup shots, which are like shots to get after the main shoot where we're like, oh, we need another shot of the monster. And I spent two hours in that costume and I have the utmost respect now for like effects guys and creature performers because it was the sweatiest, most painful experience of all time. Uh, but also very fun because you're just there going like, uh, looking like a complete moron. Uh, oh yeah, it's every kid's dream to dress up in a like, oh, shit of it monster yeah. costume and scare the ever-living daylights out of other people. <laughs> well, I've That's got great. all of the monsters in my garage now. <laughs> Um, your and, and Halloween of, is going to be oh, lit. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, that's why I'm thinking one of them is like a seven foot tall, just like a giant mouth. Um, and I'm like, where, where can I put that <laughs> Halloween to scare the crap out of like all the kids in the neighborhood? <laughs> do you uh, do you ever forget that they're actually in the garage? So you actually go in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time I walk in, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's loads of body parts in here. And that's the worst part is there is loads and loads of fake body parts, which are like, really realistic looking skeletons with like flesh and organs in and there's like there's like so if like uh, the police raid your house yeah. and you're like ah <laughs> yeah. oh we, i mean every time we do a film like the last movie we did we filmed on location where there was a scene where a police car pulls up at a house the cops get torn to pieces and then the monster blows up the police car and we had to obviously tell the police we were filming this <laughs> All night, cop cars were showing up and they were all like, oh, this looks awesome. Let me look at the body. Let me hold the fake leg. They all love it. That's the thing. So I think if the police ever do show up, as I've found is they just actually love that we're making a movie that has police in and has them being killed, weirdly enough. Uh, they seem to think that's hilarious. So <laughs> so I, I, have, I have another question. You've, you've mentioned that you've got some like goofy monsters in here. Some like, why is that a thing? The guinea pig monster, really? But... <laughs> are there like true are there ones that you tried to make truly terrifying i think there's some scary monsters in it um 
I don't want to give too much because, like, I think if we talk about all the monsters at this, no, point, no, but <laughs> you you went for it on some of them, right? Yeah, like, like there's there's always we like we did it with Book of Monsters. We had the, like you said in the trailer, there's like some little gnomes at the end that show up, where which are essentially reanimated garden gnomes that have been taken over by this like monster entity. That's like the silly monster, but then like you have to. So the cake in this one is the silly monster, but then we have like some really horrific Lovecraftian monsters that eat people and dissolve people. Um, like the blob. That was traumatic. Yeah. That, I mean, the blob, the 1980s remake of the blob is an amazing special effects laden movie. They uh, killed the kid. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> that was so Nobody funny. was. Yeah. Yeah. We've done, we did a lot of, so there's monsters that like melt people's faces off and uh, eat people. There's a, there's a lot of decapitations in the movie as well so i think it's pretty horrifying there's some crazy stuff that happens and we tried to make some of the monsters really scary so yeah i think there's some some really fun stuff in the movie and we've got some puppets as well this time because i again another thing that inspired this is i love stuff like labyrinth and dark crystal so we were like why don't we have a puppet that is proper 80s inspired puppet with rod arms uh, so we've got these little, we call them the critters, but that's copyright infringement. <laughs> critters. Uh, we call, well, I suppose we'll call them the ankle biters is what we call them. So these little creatures in the movie that were the most fun to film with because they were like little puppets running around, pulling people's limbs off. Uh, so that was a really fun one to do as well. <laughs> what, w what was your favorite uh, scene to film, Lindsay, if you can share with us? So any particular one where you were fighting something off or telling someone off? To be honest, there's so many, and again, I don't want to do any kind of spoilers, so I might I'll talk specifically about the Kickstarter trailer, about the fun moments in that one. Okay. Um, so working with the monster on the Kickstarter, um, it was super fun because as Stuart said, the um having the the limbs on um fishing wire, it was fishing wire, right? Yeah, yeah. Um just made the monster just huge. And because obviously I, in the Kickstarter trailer, I'm sort of laying down and the, the all the tentacles are kind of all over. There's five cast members, I think, on the on the floor. I think mm. there's five of us. Um, and it's so, yeah, it was just so surreal to be on that kind of set. You know, when you're kind of thinking, what are we, what are we filming right now? There was just goo everywhere, blood, like tentacles. Um, and that was a lot of fun to be able to interact with the monster in that way um, and not just being, okay, so just pretend that the monster's here. So it's, I, I always enjoy that with, with your mm. films, just because using practical effects and using monsters and puppets and things like that, it's great to actually be able to see what you're coming up against. Um, it was really just... fun, like in the trailer, cause you're lying there. And I just remember seeing like the blood spurting is like, okay, there's a little bit of blood. And then someone went for it and you're just sitting there like- <laughs> Don't talk to her about that. <laughs> you could tell, I'd be like, it was really funny. Cause like, on the one hand, like I could tell, like you were acting, but at the same time, like just through your eyes, you're just like, "This is so annoying." <laughs> Nothing could have prepared me for that. <laughs> and it's it's actually the Kickstarter we tr the Kickstarter shoot for that trailer was like a two day shoot, and actually with that, it was we kind of treated the Kickstarter shoot because we shot that back in April as kind of like a little test shoot for the movie, and then in June we shot in our first block of shooting, we shot the actual cabin scenes for the film. And I was like, okay, the one thing I learned is we need way more blood. There's just not enough blood. So that scene where she's like lying on the floor and the blood's pouring on her, 
it's 10 times what it was in the Kickstarter trailer with guts and body parts. And <laughs> it's like insane. Oh. It's like we just <laughs> dialed it up even more. And Lindsay had a great time. Yeah, that was. Um... <laughs> so everybody talks about like the time it takes to put makeup on for like a film. Yeah. <laughs> what was like your degorification process? How long did that take? Were you like picking bits out of your hair? <laughs> like, what was this? It was intense. Yeah, it was. I can't even, as I said, it was, I thought on the Kickstarter, when we did the Kickstarter trailer, I thought I'm never going to have this much blood poured on me again. I was so wrong. Like, <laughs> I can't even describe how much more I get on me in the film. Um, but yeah, get taking the blood off did it, because I've got dark hair as well. And in the trailer, I've got braids in my hair. I didn't realize how much was still in my hair until I got home and had a shower. Um, and then just the sheer volume of blood that was just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> in the bathroom um yeah you just don't realize and then it's quite funny when you've got the blood on you it stains um, doesn't it like you have to like really scrub or something well the blood that we used thankfully is actually really mm. good um because it comes off really easily um industry just... street secrets right there yeah. the right type <laughs> yeah. of blood to get for your film yeah one of the 90 percent of the budget is spent on the blood the blood yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, it's um yeah it just washes out really easily and particularly the, um, the costume um because the costume i had has like a white um it's white on the top um and obviously it was red by the time we finished filming <laughs> Um, but we washed it and it came out like it was mm. brand new and I couldn't believe it because so it wasn't ketchup basically yeah no, <laughs> yeah. no it wasn't. That, that for me is like a as an indie filmmaker but also a watcher of many many low budget movies you can tell when the director made the blood themselves because it's like thick syrupy made with like food ingredients and it will never wash out and I know people who've like had permanent like not permanent but like two weeks of like a red arm yeah. or hair died because of like low budget blood yeah so we were like we need actually to get so blood. this is a thing i actually took a first aid course last weekend oh nice and yeah so like i learned about blood right so apparently if you hit a vein or an artery it has a different consistency <laughs> so an artery that's the spurty kind but a vein it like oozes out like it's oozy so I was just, you know, like, it looks like some, you know, directors are like all about the veins, but you know, like you guys went, you know, the shock and awe artery route. So. <laughs> all of them. Like, all oh, of them. Yeah. We yeah. only hit arteries in this picture. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it did. Um, it does wash out really well, but it's um, when you first, obviously when you first get it on is it's not nice um, because it's just so sticky. Like it stays sticky for about, half an hour and then it dries and it feels like i feel like like a lizard like it just it goes all like crusty that's the kind of only it way peels. that's it. interesting yeah, yeah it's yeah. weird um but then you kind of forget it's there um and we did have a scenario where we were filming i had it all over my face pretty much every day on set and um i was i was walking out of the out of the studio and somebody was walking towards me who wasn't involved in the film <laughs> and um they came out of it like of the elevator and it opened and they were like, ah, and I was like, what's wrong? And then forgetting that I was covered in blood. And I was like, oh, it, it's not mine. I'm, I'm like, it's, it's not, not real. It's really like watermelon. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. There's a tomato soup eating contest. It's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, as I said, it does wash out really well. But yeah, there was, there's an unbelievable amount of blood in this film. Um, and yeah, I don't stay dry for very long in the film. Um, I am covered in blood for most of it um yeah the whole movie pretty much pretty much yeah it was um 
Yeah. So if you haven't finished filming yet, this is a thing that like I've always wanted to see in like one of these pictures where someone gets fed up of having like the blood all over their face <laughs> yeah, and bothers yeah. to wash yeah, it. Yeah, we did that. We did that. Oh, thank yeah. goodness. There's yeah, well, one like, movie that does that. Yeah, well, yes. it's like we, we do it a few times because it's it always reminds me of, do you remember Last Action Hero where Arnie falls in like the tar pit? Yeah. And then he gets one piece of tissue and he just goes like that and he's like completely, but that's like the joke. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, like that. Great. So we have like, she... Yeah, I, I can't, can't say it. Yeah, yeah, they can't yeah. say it. Yeah, she gets yeah. covered in loads of stuff for a certain <laughs> reason, and then like the next scene, we just start on like a close up and track back, and she's just wiping her face. <laughs> it's all gone. It's, and they're all like, "Oh wow, that's, that's pretty good." So like, we just that's wanted to acknowledge brilliant. that. And also, it you would do that, wouldn't you? Like, I'd be. I'm so like OCD with like stuff on my hands like I, I eat a bag of crisps and I'm like I've got to wash my hands because they're like having the stuff on me like in a horror movie I'd be like I'm having a shower right now like <laughs> I don't care <laughs> let's well, just it's not even that so like I jog right and I have glasses so like if my sweat drips on my glasses like I'm partially blinded you know like I'm gonna stop and like try it off and like mumble to myself like I need sports glasses but I'm too cheap to get some so I'm spending it all on monster books but you know it's just like that's annoying yeah and to, like think of like these people in like these films like there's blood and goo and whatever and it's on your face and it's on your lips it's just like yeah yeah <laughs> you, you're gonna wipe it's like no, it's, you can't it's never it. shown no well yeah. no, now it is at last we we <laughs> do it we show her wiping it off mm -hmm. but that's mainly because i felt bad for Lindsay because she starts <laughs> the movie in the cabin with the blood then she gets the police station and then during like the mugshot processing montage, we do a bit of an Edgar Wright montage where she has a shower and then she's in the police interview. And then 10 minutes later, the monsters show up and she gets covered in blood. <laughs> so like Lindsay had to be in blood most of the time. And one of the, uh, I, I'm sure, I mean, it was fine for me because I didn't have to do it, but every day, like the first thing the actors get in, they get the costume and then it's like, okay, let's get the blood on. And everyone, we'd look at photos of like the last scene we filmed and go, okay, what did they have? uh yeah and we'd just be like throwing blood and trying to match the blood from like yesterday's yeah. filming every morning i'd just be in the mirror like okay need the blood here here i may as well have just done this um, <laughs> but it became it became a thing where we wanted to make sure we got it exact <laughs> but but this is another interesting movie fact is that there's like a big scene in the film and in our film where blood gets splattered on like everyone who's in the prison cells in like one big go and because you only have really one take or two takes max of like doing that big effect, whatever blood landed on everyone was their continuity for the whole movie, unless they got more on them. So every day they had to get that matched. Some of the actors were really clever and like hid behind other actors. So they only got a little bit on them. <laughs> Lindsay's right at the front. It's just like, <laughs> I didn't have a choice. <laughs> I find anyone. So every day, like some of these actors like came in and it's like, oh yeah, I only got a little bit here and like a little bit here. And Lindsay's just like a bucket. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, oh no, I've got this little bit on my face. I'd be like, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Have you seen my face? <laughs> I can just imagine whoever was splashing blood over everyone had the biggest grin on their face when they were doing it. <laughs> oh, honestly, yeah. There's, I think um, one of the girls took a, a video of the people stood there with the the blood cannons and the buckets and they're all got the, the blood cannons and then everyone's got the biggest smiles on their faces this one stood there really excited the for the blood shot cannons. Like, it's like oh, a yeah, vampire's obviously. wet dream 
yeah, that sentence happens all the time. They're like, can we get the blood cannon out for Lindsay? I'm like, why? Like, yeah, we got like these pressurized. It's 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 like a little. This is a special launcher. piece of equipment that like the regular layperson just does not know exists. Like, well, it's yeah, I mean, blood cannons in the world. Well, it's there's like a there's different levels. So you have something called the, the like the basic level is you have a little pot and you just use your hand and flick it, and then you go to what's called a pango, which is like a little potato gun and you pump it up like a water pistol and then you just go bang and it fires like a maybe like that much the blood cannon was like a mortar a world war ii mortar <laughs> that you would pump up and then you'd like punch a button and it would just go bang and then and then there's like levels above that where our effects guy was like i'll just get a fire extinguisher and he filled a fire extinguisher with blood and was just going of that on everybody so <laughs> It, it was fun and i think the biggest one we did was there was about four people with just buckets of blood and we just went just throw the buckets at them and it's just you can see it just cascading along the floor and then and then we're like okay cut right can we get this cleaned up please and there's people there with mops going because <laughs> <laughs> so it's also these not people safe. listed as in your credits like you can't, you've come <laughs> yeah. up with creative titles right this isn't just going to be gore specialist one gore specialist <laughs> yeah two. We, need, we need like the the blood mopper and things yeah, like that i, I really think we need in. the blood cannon artillery crew <laughs> <I> mean, like, <laughs> if that makes it into the credits people would be like blood cannon like, <laughs> <laughs> i have found a career path <laughs> it's a very specialist career yeah yeah, yeah. So, so, did you learn a lot from um book of monsters to go on to this film do you think yeah i think i think book of monsters was like because that was like super low budget film like we really everyone kind of gave their time a lot of it for very little so it was just everyone kind of like trying to work out how how do we do monsters how do we yeah. light monsters how do we have it work um so we learned a lot of lessons on that and that was really just like the reason why we wanted to do this film is like okay we know what we're doing now yeah, <laughs> we know just how take to it up do a notch it. yeah yeah <laughs> it's like we know now we, and also like when you make films it, i mean it's a positive and a negative but you read every single review uh you find out what people liked you find out what people hated and you take all that on board and you put it into the next movie and the, the goal is as long as you're not making the same mistakes twice <laughs> and you're always doing better so we just went in going, okay, let's make a better movie, a bigger movie. Let's do the monsters even better. Uh, let's do even more gore. Let's really up the ante on everything. And I'm really, the stuff we've shot so far, like I couldn't be happier with it. And like, I'm editing the movie at the moment and it's just so much fun to watch. And I, I feel like it's, it's a very action packed film because another kind of bugbear of mine of low budget films is because they don't have money. They have lots of scenes where people just stand around talking about the plot or about the monster and how it looks, but we never see it. And we're just like, no, here's the monster attacking. Oh wait, next scene, another monster eats this guy. Then this happens. And there's like action, action, action while still like building the lore of the world and the mythology. That's like, I'm really into that. And that's, I think another big part of, monster movies for me is like learning about the monsters and where they come from the backstory so we try to get that in as well um yeah sorry i'm rambling now <laughs> no it's fine i i am Lord an expert on this podcast so i'm nice i love yeah we've even like our uncle frank productions who did the concept art behind you there paul yeah. he um he's made a whole eldritch alphabet for the movie which is in the movie 
and he's like assigned letters to it all and each letter of the alphabet is themed after a different monster and i think we've only you only actually see six of them in the movie but there's like all these cool monsters with backstories that is all linked to this like ancient civilization that we want to explore in the future maybe because well, uh, i want to keep making monster movies because it's so much fun so much fun also because i saw on the kickstart you've got a a game and comic tie-in as well haven't you so you're you're, yeah. you're really fleshing out this universe well it's like we just felt like uh we know some great game developers um who we've been chatting for years about like we should do a video game tie-in or like a combination uh and it just kind of worked out that this is the movie we do that on so that's got to be really fun to have the game that allows you to play like a different version of the movie um and fight the monsters as well which is really fun with whatever weapons you want to use and then the comic book as well like that's another way to do like a fresh different art style of the events of the movie but from a different perspective as well and like the team that's working on that is so cool and like i just it's as a as a huge like geek myself who reads like i've got like all the aliens comics all the dark horse ones i'm starting reading the marvel ones actually the dark horse ones are the best yeah exactly um and like i just love like cross media of like my favorite stuff especially when it comes to monsters and i'm like i want to do that so it's just fun to to do that and i think that's what we always try and do as as dark rift horror as a company is like what is going to be fun like I'll be upfront and honest, we're not making movies that are going to change the world or challenge the socio-political climate. We're making fun monster movies. So what is the most fun thing we can do is what we're always thinking. Have you ever thought about trying to make... Because I I know you've done some... You you did... um, What was it? Beneath the Surface? Uh, Creature Below, yeah. Creature Below. And that's that's proper horror, isn't it? That's not a a comedy. That was was very serious film, yeah. So have you thought about doing more serious or preferring... I, I need a, a creature below. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The creature below was. Um, it was essentially about a marine biologist goes on a deep sea dive. Uh, she builds this. She's like designed this experimental prototype diving suit, and she goes deeper than ever before. And brings. She encounters a Lovecraftian creature, a Cthulhu type creature, and she brings back one of its eggs. And she uh, hides it in her basement. It starts to grow and it forms this kind of symbiotic bond with her and makes her slowly feed more and more people to it. We we always call it, it's like a Lovecraftian little shop of horrors. That's what we're going to see. Nice. Yeah, and it's, it's weird uh, and it takes itself, in my opinion, a bit too serious. That was like our first movie. Uh, we made it for £12,000, which is not a budget you want to ever make a movie on because that's like nothing. Um I'm really proud of what we did um but it was like making that movie we were like this is so serious like and we were on set and we had a practical monster in there there's like a big squid monster that's eating people in the basement and we were like this is could be so much fun and we're like <laughs> having to restrain ourselves and try and keep it serious and not show very much of the monster to try and keep it serious because at the end of the day if you point a camera and some lights at it, it's just a big piece of latex <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> with floppy tentacles and that's where things kind of start to the strain starts to show on it and we were like let's do something really fun and that's why we made book of monsters because we were like let's do a silly 80s film that's like evil dead 2 where it's just balls to the wall crazy fun gore um and stuff like that but i but myself and paul who write all the films together we've got like five movies kind of written out and i'd say half of them are like really serious like horrors 
and I think 90% of them are monster movies as well, because <laughs> we can't help it. We cannot help it at all. <laughs> so, Lindsay, we, we've talked a little bit about Eel Dead, and there are few weapons that we've already talked about. I don't think you went after anything with blood cannons, per se, but there is there are some gnarly scenes with a chainsaw. Yeah. So did you have other weapons or were you just chainsaw brandishing the whole time? Do you have a preferred weapon? What is the best way to dispatch a monster? I mean, for me, it's the chainsaw. Um, Because yeah. I'm, I'm in Book of Monsters as well and I use the, the chainsaw in Book of Monsters. So I feel at one with the chainsaw now when I'm in uh, <laughs> in movies. Um, there are other weapons that I used in, in the movie. Um, but I think, yeah, my go-to seems to be the chainsaw um and as you can see from the from the image there that's been used but um yeah i think the chainsaw is it's that's the way to go definitely um yeah we've used that chainsaw a lot we used it a, a lot. lot of times and it's um it's a cool weapon but we've got like a really cool we've got a weapon called the eldritch blade which yeah. in the movie which we've shown a bit on the kickstarter and on our social media posts which is uh, we we always myself and Paul when we came up with the movie we were like imagine like the cryptex from the Da Vinci Code, but a sword that's also this living entity that's kind of been fossilized. So it's like a mini little Cthulhu with a combination lock that you have to put in the right combination to extend this really cool sword from to fight monsters with because it's like the the thing that kills the monsters. Uh, so that's like the new cool weapon in the mm -hmm. movie, but you didn't really get to use that very much on set. No, I yeah. didn't. No, no, my character didn't interact with that much, but I do use the chainsaw. Yeah, quite a lot. <laughs> you, you, you're like of all the people that have had to use that, and and everyone on set. As soon as you get everyone on set and they see the props table, everyone wants to go and pick it up. Like Lindsay's like the most. She, she really wields it well like and knows how it works and then other people are really awkwardly doing it and she's like no no you've got to hold it like this and you've got to like hold it up and do it like this so it feels like it's heavy you have to pretend it's heavy yeah, yeah, yeah it's obviously not heavy because it wasn't a real chainsaw it's actually a dyson you didn't battery. use a real chainsaw Hell no that's not safe <laughs> <laughs> there were no osha violations oh my gosh <laughs> we're very health and safety conscious on our films very healthy <laughs> But I, I know, I mean, when you think about it, Evil Dead, like, they did use a real chainsaw. Yeah. Like, it, just, it was a different time. They used time. a real gun uh, to, like, shoot holes in the, in the cabin and stuff. It's, like, it's insane. They actually cut off Bruce Campbell's hand. I'm joking. But, um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. You know, we've been rambling for nearly an hour now, so our, our plan of taking breaks has worked really well. <laughs> <laughs> I told there we you go. this happened. <laughs> It sounds like a fantastic Kickstarter opportunity. So let's tell folks how they can back it and where they need to go. Yeah, um, you can head over to Kickstarter. Uh, I can't actually read out the link because it's like the longest Give link ever. Yeah. Don't you worry about that. But yeah, Google please. will take care of that. Thank you so much. But yeah, <laughs> if you head over to Kickstarter, search for How to Kill Monsters. Uh, we hit 50% funded in seven days. We've got 21 days left. So I'm pretty confident that we'll make it, but you never know with Kickstarter. We need all the help we can get. So what's so, the final day we can back? Uh, 6th of October, 4 p.m. GMT is when it ends. That's 8 a.m. Central Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Somehow I know oh, that. You're good. <laughs> so please do back it. If you like uh, Evil Dead 2 or Hot Fuzz or you just love like me, you love practical effects driven 80s monster movies because every monster in this is 100% practical. There is no CGI. 
um, then I think you will like How to Kill Monsters. So yeah, please support us and help us and pick up some limited edition Blu-rays and stuff that is exclusive to the campaign. You're not going to be able to get it after the campaign. This is That's your awesome. only chance. It's <laughs> awesome. So there are a couple of reward tiers too. So, you know, more money, more perks. So can you break down some of those for us? What are some cool ones? Yeah, yeah. I We, we spent a lot of time trying to come up with cool reward tiers because where I'm like a huge, I'm looking at like a stack of collector's edition Blu-rays right now of, of like films that I've bought. So like I, we wanted to make some cool stuff. So like um, you can get like a normal Blu-ray for 20 pounds, but you can get like a hand numbered collector's edition Blu-ray for 30 which is limited to 2,000 copies only. Uh, it comes with a slipcover, art cards that are signed by the cast of the movie. Um, and that's going to be really cool. But then you can also get that with T-shirts and posters, or you can pick up one of our bigger bundles, which include the comic book, the video game. Um, we've really tried to tailor it to every, every kind of budget level. If you've only got like five pounds and you just want to support, that would also be appreciated. The one thing that we're doing is everyone who puts in money, no matter how much, is going to get access to our like backers only Facebook group and Discord, where we're going to actually take you on set of the movie and show you like behind the scenes, show us making the movie. We're going to try and not give everything away, but essentially Lindsay's going to be with you on set just going, hey, we're, today we're filming this, we're doing that. Uh, which is really fun and of the shoot that we've already done like the amount of behind the scenes i've got like a terabyte of just behind the scenes footage of us <laughs> just making everything like interviews <laughs> with the monster guys uh how we how we're making it um so yeah it's really just it's not just about getting the rewards it's about the experience we want to give people of just like hey we're going to make this movie come and join us making it be part of our community uh and everyone who back pays i think 20 pounds or more gets the name on the credits of the movie and the video game as well uh so you'll be immortalized on on the film which we hope will go to big places Fingers so crossed. is 20 pounds like like the perfect like all around one or is there like 20 pounds is like that, tier. that is the first tier where you get the blu-ray so 20 pounds or more you're going to get the blu-ray and every time you go up in the in the price tier you get more and more cool stuff so if you like so, physical merch you want to be going up to those bundles. So are there any tiers where you do not get to see the film? Uh, yeah, the first two. So there's five pounds. is just like a thank you for your support tier where you get the behind the scenes access. And then I think uh, 10 pounds is the, uh, you just get the video game. Uh, 15 pounds or more is where you get the film as well, but it's only a digital copy. So That's 20 fine. pounds so, is your minimum for the Blu-ray. So folks, we, we are recommending minimum 15 pound investment to see the film, right? Because it looks like a hilarious, awesome yeah. film. That's why we're having this discussion. <laughs> so 15 pounds, that's where it starts, folks. Thank yous aside, that's so where we want to hit. What's the, I'm curious now, what's the top, top tier, the highest, highest we can go? Ooh, Paul. Uh, Big you spender. Can, you can literally be, uh, if you put in £5,000, we'll make you an executive producer of the movie and we'll start chatting very regularly about the whole filmmaking process. Uh, we're going to give you uh, support and feedback on making your own film. Uh, we're going to give you VIP treatment to all the film festivals internationally. Um, if there's any opportunity for you to kind of come and be involved in any other part of the movie making process that's something we can talk about 
um and also you get a really cool clapperboard from the set that's signed by like the whole cast and crew and essentially we did this with book of monsters as well or I, all our executive producers were very good friends with now and like have come on set with us we had a guy fly over from new york to visit the set which was super cool and he stayed with us um on our last movie and really it's just a big opportunity to be involved in like the actual production side of the movie on a more professional level and you're going to get an executive produced by title card in the movie as well so it's kind of like a big wait if you if you're interested in films and you've got money to spare and you want to like be involved in the movie in a major major way like that's the perk to go for and i think you get like loads and loads of cool goodies with that as well as like a little <laughs> bonus but really you, it's the credit that you're going for with that nice mm. there we go how to kill monsters currently on kickstarter october 6th is the last day which you can donate we're talking a minimum 15 pounds to see the film Go for it, folks. It looks awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you and much, what we're going to do is we're going to wrap this episode up. We always wrap up with if nothing else. So this is where we give shout outs to obscure things that our listeners might not have heard of. This is your chance to plug other projects. But uh, yeah, we're just going to try and open up the fandom to other cool stuff. So Stu, Lindsay, what, what do we got here? We got a previous film that you'd like to throw out as a recommendation? uh i mean yeah if if you like the look at how to kill monsters uh maybe check out our last film book of monsters yeah. uh in the uk it's streaming on amazon prime video it's on arrow player um it's on the horror channel which is just rebounded to legend i think so i yeah. think you can find it on the freeview service there uh and if you're in the us you can get it on blu-ray from dread um yeah, it's out in a lot of countries. So yeah, if you like 80s horror, Book of Monsters is available now. And and <laughs> if you buy it directly from us, we'll both sign sign a copy for you as well. How do you do that? Wow. Uh, head over to darkrifthorror.com uh, and I will literally hand package and sign a copy and send it to you. And all the profits from those movies, sales from us directly go into our next movie as well. So it all, all supports us in making more monster movies. Awesome. there we go so darkrifthorror.com that's it cool there we go folks that is a fantastic recommendation <laughs> paul what you got i mean obviously we're gonna say back the film i was gonna say yeah check out book of monsters because i saw it's included with prime video and um the creature below which we talked about that's um on is it free view there's, there's a there's a channel you can watch it on for free you can watch it through amazon i saw as well so definitely check that out um other than that i just wanted to mention because i love the film tremors yeah it's awesome isn't it um sadly uh we had steve wilson on the like the, the creator and his father videotaped he saw a videotaped um like the, the the making of it and steve's been uploading these films to his youtube channel so everyone can see all this behind the scenes footage that was shot decades ago wow. um and his father just recently passed away, and so oh. he's done a he's done like a little um he's done a, done an episode um saying goodbye to his dad basically. And I just wanted to say for any Tremors fans, obviously watch this channel because it's amazing to see behind the scenes, but also just to uh, view it and you know send some condolences to Steve because it's um it's sad sad day for Tremors fans, but um it's also such a great channel. So anything on a downer there? Sorry, but. <laughs> I saw what you wanted to oh. share. I know, I know. We've had all this fun, but 
<sighs> Connor, if nothing else, lighten the mood. Well, it's only a couple of weeks of payday, so I'll just say back the film as well. Um, also, uh, like I mentioned, read the Meg. There's six Meg books. <laughs> Not all of them are as good as the first. Oh, there's six of them. <laughs> so, I mean, like, they almost went that direction with Jaws, to be fair. <laughs> the films. Films. films, yeah. Oh, 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 can I can I make one more recommendation that I've just got into and I'm telling everyone about is the Alien uh, audiobooks on Audible. Have you guys listened to those before? I know that they did a, a redo of Alien through Michael Bean. That's uh, one of the audiobooks. Uh, but, that's uh, one of them, and that's that's really good. But I just they they've done like an original uh, audio drama, and it's not just like an audiobook with a narrator reading it. Full audio cast, sound effects, everything. Oh, Closest we're gonna get to an alien new alien film for a while, but Alien Out of the Shadows, the person they've got playing Ripley sounds exactly like Sigourney Weaver. I thoroughly recommend it if you've got like a long drive or anything. I was just listening out on my way to work and I was like getting too into it, like waiting in the car park, <laughs> just so I can listen to a bit more. Do do check it out. I would recommend it. Nice. I'm going to throw out another book because that's what Joe does. So I've been looking at my little personal library and I haven't given it a shout out before on this podcast, but uh, there was a professor uh, who in the 70s, 80s? Anyways, um, he was really into his cryptozoology and he looked at the Loch Ness Monster and a few other cryptozoological creatures and he uh, used science to justify them. And he meticulously went through every sighting, every occurrence, all the plausible stuff, looked at weather, blah, blah, blah. They're good reads. They're dry reads, but they're good reads. So his one about um, the monster of Loch Ness, I mean, the monsters of Loch Ness, like that's more well known. But there's a harder to find book, which I've I looked prior to making this recommendation. You can grab hold of it, but it is a fun read. He actually financed an expedition to the Congo to look for the Michele Mamembe, which if you've ever seen Baby's Secret of the Lost Legend, which is one of Disney's mistakes, shall we say? I enjoyed it. But um, the, the whole idea is that there's actually a creature in the Congo which resembles a sauropod dinosaur. That's Littlefoot, basically, folks. And uh, it's a real it's a real local legend. It's an old local legend. And the reason that he went to the Congo was because a group of natives um, killed one and ate it and got very sick off of the meat. And they went out to try and look for this creature. And he chronicled the whole thing. And he went through his justification and all that other stuff for this creature and its name means the one that blocks the flow of rivers. That's so big old critter. Anyways, it's called a living back a living dinosaur. It's by Rob McCall. And it's a fun read. It's a legitimate, like true adventure story about a group of scientists that just go looking for a dinosaur in the Congo. And that's very Edgar Rice Burroughs-esque. Now, shocker. They don't find the dinosaur. Oh no! However, 
<laughs> However, they were shown a lot of evidence by the natives who are aware of these creatures. And they say that there are others like Michaela Mbembe. So you hear the other local legends of large scaly creatures that are not crocodiles because they know what a crocodile is and they go through them. So I was I always thought it was a very romantic concept that the Congo, which hasn't changed much geographically as the continents have spread apart, um, is pretty lush it's by the equator. It's very dense and uh, it actually, uh, has held quite a few secrets, including the Akapi. So if anybody's seen an Akapi in the zoo, it's the relative giraffe. The back end looks like a zebra. We didn't know about that thing until the last century, and it's quite large. So it's a very romantic take on looking for monsters, so to speak. So you can still grab hold of it. It's a bit of an older book, but uh, it's worth a read. But his other book, The uh, Monsters of Loch Ness, um, it's not quite as romantic because Loch Ness is fairly accessible by, you know, most terms like you, you can, you can drive there. Joe is going to drive there the first week of October, but uh, anyways, like, yeah, a living dinosaur. It's, it's a pretty fun book and I give it my recommendation. Connor, you might not finish that one if you pick it up. <laughs> I was just going to say there's another legend about the Congo about this uh, gorilla that speaks it uses like a computer to speak um I think they made the movie about it I'm not sure sure but um oh god what a what a great movie Tim Curry. <laughs> Tim Curry you guys read the book movie, have right? you read the book because the no book is I'm desperate to read it it's on my list <laughs> yeah so like you know the ugly gorillas the deformed ones yeah yeah, there <laughs> it explains how they come into being. And it's, oh uh, no! <laughs> uh, you already know where this is going. Scenarios, <laughs> <laughs> Multiple chapters, <laughs> descriptions of images. <laughs> I think it's. Uh, I think it's a good time to wrap up. Yeah, that note. Children sure. don't read the Congo until you're an adult, please. No. <laughs> you can read Eaters of the Dead, though. That's a good one by Crichton. Anyways, folks, thank you so much for listening. Go back How to Kill Monsters on Kickstarter before October 6th. Pledge at least 15 pounds. And as always, keep it kaiju. Wanted to like vibe check. So, have you guys seen Tammy and the T Rex? Yes. I've oh, got no, on, not I've got again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am looking for allies. I am looking for it's allies. Hilarious. I love it. That is the film. I mean, it's so stupid, but like, uh, like the concept itself. Like, I'm trying to get our 13 year old girl to watch it with us, Miss TikTok uh, herself. And I'm thinking that she's going to love this film, but she just refuses. Which version though? Because there's like the R-rated cut, and then there's oh like the oh the good one, yeah, the, the good, good one. one. <laughs> it's it's, it's one so version. gory as well. I have the special edition with the slipcase in the book. Thank Same you very here, much. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a day one purchase when I saw they were releasing that. I was oh. like, Paul Walker's brain in a giant robot T-Rex that Denise Richard falls in love with. What a concept! Well, yeah. <laughs>